I've discovered, I believe, the cure to what ails us all. Religiously, of course, individually, congregationally, universally, I think God has given me this. So I want to share it with you today. And some of you may actually be familiar with the term, but many of you will not. We can start this slideshow. FOMO. How many know what FOMO is? See? This is why. This is why this is so special. God gave this to me to share with you, the, the, the solution, the solution to what ails us. So here is our title, and I'm sure right when you see it, it will make perfect sense to you. <laughs> Dave's mind, the spinning wheel. There it is, my friends, the answer, the answer. FOMO, the fear of missing out. This is a real thing in our generation, in our world today. FOMO is a real thing. What is this? Well, let's define it according to Wikipedia. Let me give you just a couple of stats about FOMO. FOMO is the fear of missing out, a pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences from which one is absent. Furthermore, this social anxiety is characterized by a desire to stay continually connected with what others are doing. Continuing. It is defined as not only an anxiety, but a fear of regret, which may lead to a compulsive concern that one might miss an opportunity for social interaction, a novel experience, profitable investment, or other satisfying event, and it perpetuates this fear of having made the wrong decision about something as you imagine how things could be different. You can turn me down a little bit. More stats. According to a survey conducted in the U.S. and the U.K., the majority of adult millennials, this should not surprise you, ages 18 to 34, stated that they want to say yes to everything due to FOMO. FOMO serves as a motive for an increasing use of social media, which could distract people from learning in the classroom and operating motor vehicles. It is not a short amount of time until text driving accidents will supersede all other causes of automobile accidents. I am crazy when I'm driving down the road and somebody is either driving like 15 miles an hour and all I see through their back window is this while they're driving or they won't turn because at every single opportunity, even waiting to make a left turn, I'm going to take my phone out and see what's happening. And people weaving down the interstate and doing all this stuff, unhealthy digital habits can develop from FOMO, such as checking email constantly, tweeting and checking stats, social media updates, and these things can lead to unhealthy interactions 
in present social situations. In terms of the cognitive effect, Irvin, this is for you, this could instill a belief that an interruption is more like a connection. FOMO may drive someone to constantly look for a better or more interesting connection with others, abandoning current connections to do so without realizing that what they move to is not necessarily better, just different. Man, give me a new experience. Give me a new high. Let me find something. I don't want to miss that. What's going on here? It makes people nuts, and it's real. I didn't make it up. Everything I just read is happening around you every single day. But hear this. FOMO is a good thing. It all comes down to what you're afraid of missing out on, though. After all, FOMO has been... Oh, wait a minute. I want to show a slide. Slide three, show me slide three, it's the best, not that, back. Oh no, maybe that's, okay, I'll come to it, because this is the best picture I've seen in decades. FOMO has been one of the primary evangelism tools used during my lifetime for hundreds of years prior and maybe more. From this, this, who's ever heard this in the story of presenting the gospel to somebody? Next. If you died today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you would spend eternity? What does that have to do with FOMO? There's a party going on in heaven, man! Are you serious? Are you sure you're going to be there? There's going to be golden streets. According to Jewish tradition, there's going to be the best wine and surf and turf. Are you sure you're not going to? Do you know you're going? You don't want to miss out on this. That's FOMO. That's e-FOMO evangelistic fear of missing out. But the problem is that actually is not even really working anymore. That's not something that many people are actually afraid of missing out on. Millennials, certainly. I've given you some stats many times about what's going on. And honestly, that idea for me, that, that wasn't something that led me to, to, to come to faith anyway. But it does for some people. The old e-FOMO scare tactic. I was more interested in a connection. I was interested in the fact that someone told me this Messiah will bring you to God in a completely revolutionary way. Nothing could, there's no substitute for this. You will be cleansed, you will have relationship, you will have connection with him and through him to God. I was about like connection. I want to know God. The pervasiveness of FOMO is actually rooted in that. It is related in lack of relationship. It's about this desire to be connected but it's a weird thing. It's this, our modern culture, this sad reality, the computer, the internet, and most assuredly, the mobile device. Give it to me. Come on, that is so accurate. That is so good. 
face-to-face interaction. Even phone calls have been replaced by texts, emails, tweets, Snapchats, Instagrams, everything and crazy name you can come up with. Now, am I saying that those things are necessarily bad? No, I would never offend the millennials by saying that. Those things are really good. Within reason, like anything, a glass of wine is really good. Two bottles is not good. In moderation, with reason, these things are good. Go out, to, go out to eat and look around at the tables. Look at a husband and wife, the most holy, sacred union on earth. Husband and wife, two top table. That's going to sound really weird on the audio. Sorry, guys, you had to be here. You had to be here for that. Like, they don't, no interaction because they're on their mobile device. What drives me even more crazy than that is when I am at a restaurant and I see, like, a parent with their phone out going to town, like, you know, selfies and the, the flick, like the flick, like this is the flick. I'm going to get through Facebook. I'm going to see everything that's going on. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a kid or two kids raising absolute hell in the restaurant. Like, mama, 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 shut up. And they're running around. Why? Because they're desperate for attention. Mama, mama, look, 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 look. They're doing this in the restaurant and they're going. Shut up. Does this drive you nuts? But that someone cares. This, this, that pursuit of connection, that's what that is. Like I want to be connected in everyone's life. I want to know what's going on. And I want them to know about me. So while your kid is dying on the vine for your attention and your marriage is like, we just don't communicate anymore. No, you don't. Someone cares more about Johnny's Instagram post about where he took Susie to dinner. And then, count on it, two hours later, you'll get a post about Johnny's constipation. He's going to tweet about it. And somebody's going to like it. Maybe they'll love it. And all the while, the relationships right in front of them are withering up and dying. This is a good picture of young culture. Next. Zombie apocalypse redefined. That's 
the zombie apocalypse. Doctor's office. We used to like read a magazine. Maybe, maybe we would do the unthinkable and actually talk to somebody in the office about what was going on, or we might even pray with them. Today, Pavlov's dog response. Let me borrow your phone again. Okay? So we go into the, just kidding. We go into the doctor's office like, okay, we check in, we check in, and we go and sit down. It's like, and everybody's doing it. Nobody talks. I should borrow this. I may need this again. (laughs) I want to check your Instagram feeds before you leave. So we, we can't stop, like, we can't be bored. That's just, that's off, the, that's, off the, that's off the table. Why would I ever just sit somewhere and think? Why would I ever put myself in a contemplative mood when I have my phone that can remove all necessity for me to have those moments of contemplation? We've lost the ability to do what Shabbat is called what it means. What does Shabbat mean? It comes from the root that means to cease. It means to stop. Slow down, think, pray, interact, stop, cease, relax, to be in the mix. But God forbid we have to do that and not know something about something that's going on for someone or miss an event or do something. And, and, and so I'll pursue these false connections, not necessarily, like I know a lot of people in here are not the, you know, the, the, the iPhone zombies, but there are a lot of them out there and it's impacting our culture. But it does have an application for us in here too. So while we're out there like uh, uh, obsessing over Facebook and like vomiting every detail that nobody should care about, about things in our life, we're missing out on actual connections with human beings, but most importantly, with God. Because this Parsha, this Parsha, and, and I told you in the beginning, FOMO, the fear of missing out, it, it can be a good thing. It depends on what you're afraid of missing out on. This week's Parsha, Parsha, and more from Leviticus 23, we're introduced to God's calendar, right? Next slide. 23.1. Oh, that's a, I love that one too. You can see that I found like these great images. What's going on here? You see the little things, what they are? Johnny, I like your post about constipation. That's a good one, brother. As the likes fill up our ego and we're like, yeah, I matter. Look at all the people I'm connected to. This is beautiful. It's not really, because it's not real. It's digital. Not that. Not that there's not some benefit. And please, let me just back that up. Let me just say that I use my phone. 
I do some of the very things that I'm talking about. When I go to lunch by myself, so I'll take my phone out and like look at something or read something. I mean, I'm guilty of this too. I'm not above anyone for certain. And I like it if, I, if a message is posted on Facebook that I put a lot of time into and somebody gives me the old, I like it, I like it. Because we like to be liked. But I'd rather have an interaction with somebody. Like I'd rather have a real relationship. But there's a, there's a place for this. Okay, next. The Lord spoke again to Moshe saying, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, the Lord's appointed times which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. My appointed times are these. This is nothing new to a messianic synagogue. You, this is like one of the main things that you started coming to the synagogue for was saying, wait a minute, what about these things in Leviticus 23 that God says these are my feasts? Why aren't we doing these? And they didn't have a good answer where you were attending. And they said, I don't know, or we don't do that, or the Old Testament isn't applicable anymore, or whatever they said, but that is a big thing. God's appointed times. And it jumps right into what we are doing today. We are doing it. Most people are not. Even within our congregation, there are a number of people who could be here who are not here. They're not out of town. They're not sick. They're not anything. They're FOMO'd. And God says this. This is kind of a big deal, the Shabbat, when it starts in this Ten Commandment platform and says, remember it. Do it. I want you to stop. I want you to cease. I want you to to be with me. We have a problem because our society has become so busy, so consumed with activity, people don't even go to the bathroom without their phones. And I've done that too. So, point, it, point the finger at me. Shabbat carries some pretty awesome promises. We already know this, and this is a little bit of a rehash, but I want to refresh your memory. Next. Isaiah 58, if you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your affairs on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath delight, oneg, the Lord's holy day, honored, and if you honor it and go not your ways, nor look to your affairs, nor strike bargains, then you can seek the favor of the Lord. Next, I will set you astride the heights of the earth and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob. And just to top it off, Underline, highlight, check mark, bam, the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He means it. He's very serious about it. The Lord's holy days, his holy days, call it a delight. Don't pursue your affairs. Everybody's waking for the weekend. Come on, man. Don't rain on my parade. I work hard. I work hard. I want my weekends, man. It's grass day. It's shopping day. It's wash the car day. It's I'm not called to do all that Jewish stuff day. It's a I'm going to kick back my way day. No, it's not. 
That's not what God said. He said, I made this thing holy in Genesis. I made this day holy and I gave it to you. Dude, it's my time. I don't want to miss out on anything going on. I don't want to miss the chance to do this or that. I mean, society's moving on Saturdays. Dude, things have moved past this. That's antiquated. We don't do that. I work hard during the week. I want some time. I don't want to miss that. Did you hear the language from the Bible that I read you? You will ride upon, uh, enjoy the, you will, you will, I'll set you astride. You'll ride the heights of the earth by doing these things. My fixed times, my appointments. You can seek the favor of the Lord. I'll tell you something right now. FOMO, trade this for that. Trade, well, I don't even like services that much. Your teaching stinks and like it's not, it's not, there's not enough going on. I don't care. You have an obligation to God. It's not to me. It's not to this synagogue. It's to God. And Paul says in Hebrews 10, and again, you're here. Like I'm not lecturing you. I'm just, th this is for everyone to hear, me included. I have to be here. Reminds me of the classic joke. Can I tell it again? I have time. Let me just tell it. It's my favorite. Couple wakes up at Shabbat. He says to his wife, I do not want to go to services. Honey, why? I just like, I, I don't like it there. But it's, it's the synagogue. I know, but like the people, it's, I, I'm, I just don't like going. But honey, you have to go. But I don't want to go. I, I, I just don't want to be there anymore. But honey, you're the rabbi. <laughs> you are going to miss out on something. And it'll be a lot worse than uh, some thing that's going on out in the society. When you trade your will for his will, he will let you do that. And then you will miss out. That is good FOMO. That's good FOMO. Shabbat is our appointment. And it's too easy to disregard the times of God because for most people, this, this, these aren't functioning in the physical realm. This isn't like, well, I'm going to go to work on Saturday because I want to do this. Now, there are people who have to work Please do not take that as a criticism. We don't live in Israel. We don't live in the Messianic age. We live in a place, in America especially, doctors, I mean, required to be at work, got to save lives on Shabbat, got to happen. I'm not saying that. I'm saying people who choose to put their will for fear of missing out on their desires above the things that God promises us. 
But it's easy because this doesn't manifest necessarily in the physical. Like it's different. This being at Shabbat for some people is not as good as getting Saturday overtime pay. That's a physical manifestation. I don't really like, I don't know how set you astride the heights of the earth. That's not really physical to me either. That's something massively supernatural. It's not natural, it's supernatural. And those are the things that I would like to experience with God. He will take care of the natural for me. That's kind of what that means. But what happens if you don't show up for a doctor's visit? Do you say to your, do you say, Yes, I I need to come in and and check, uh, and I'll be there. uh, I'll I'll be there at this time. No, they give you an appointment. And then what happens if you don't show up? Well, two things happen. Well, a lot of things happen, actually. But one thing is that you get charged money sometimes. Well, that, that, that creates something else. That creates something called foam, F-O-L-M, foam, which is a very motivating force. Fear of losing money. That thing moves people, buddy. That moves people. But like, you call up and say, hmm, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I, I'm supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. I'll show up at 1 o'clock. And they'll, they'll figure it out. Or I won't show up at all today. I'll just show up whenever I want to. No, you don't do that. What do you miss? Well, of course, you potentially miss, the, you, you miss something from your bank account if they charge you, which is their right and should be done. And you miss potentially the diagnosis. If there was something wrong with you that the doctor needed to point out to you, you weren't there and you missed it. And you missed out. The world is so self-consumed and dying for connection. How is it possible that we miss the opportunities that are all around us all the time and miss the opportunity according to God's calendar to connect with Him and ride the heights? Like, we, we, us, it's, it's us, it's us, it's us. And we're fear of missing out on something for us when all the while, every need we have, every physical, every financial, every health, every future, everything you have is coming from our Father in heaven. We miss him, we miss that. That's something to fear missing out on. It's like a movie theater too. Movie starts at three, get there at five, walk in and tell them, hey, start it over, I just got here. It starts at three, get there at three. Shabbat is the seventh day. Be there on the seventh day, invest in it. You don't show up, you miss out. Shabbat is an easy one, the Omer. How many people have counted the Omer every night since it began? Every night, I said, not every day. Every night. And there's, 
There's a, there's a reason I ask that. It's, it's a feast. We read it in the Torah portion today. Right after we get through Pesach, he says, you, I want you to count the Omer. I want you to do this. And Judaism has given us the way to do that through the ages. Who has counted it every night? Guess what? Me, your perfect rabbi, forgot. The third night. The third night I forgot to count the Omer at night. Now what's the, what's the big deal? Well, that's relative. But according to tradition and the, and the halacha, the way of walking out the Omer count, if you forget to say the blessing of the Omer at night, then you can still say it the next day, but you don't say the blessing. You don't say the blessing that says, blessed are you, O Lord our God, who commanded us to count the Omer. You missed something. You missed the opportunity to do that. And then what's worse and this is me, because I forgot to count it on the third night, and then forgot to count it on the third day entirely, missed a whole day. And then do you know what Halacha says about what we do with the Omer count? Now you can still count the Omer, but now you don't say the blessing at all. You missed the opportunity to say the blessing over the count of the Omer. You missed the blessing. Why did I miss it? Probably because I was on my phone. I don't know why I missed it, but I can tell you it wasn't a priority. So that's a problem that I have to deal with, but I missed it. So now I count the Omer. I, I've made it since then. I haven't missed another day, but that was the third day. That stinks, man. But you see the lesson right there? Here's the lesson. Well, first of all, let me just, just a halakhic lesson. Why would the sages have instituted such a thing that says, well, if you miss it completely one day, then you can't say the blessing anymore. That sounds stupid and you can't take that blessing away from me. The reason is because God in the Torah says you shall count seven complete weeks. If you miss a day, it's no longer complete. You've missed it. You see the application here? God asks us to do something simple. When the sun goes down, remember that we've moved on. We're one day closer to the giving of the Torah. We're one day closer to the giving of the Ruach HaKodesh. Powerful moments that God has given us. And I, he wants us to slow down, remember, and count. Oh, darn. I forgot that night. Okay, well, you can, still, you can still redeem yourself. Come back in. Make it a priority the next day. Ah, too busy, God. I got a meeting. I've got, uh, I, I want to check out this YouTube video. There's a number of things I want to do today, God. So if I can get to you, I will. But no, I missed it. And I miss the blessing. I'm fearful of that. I don't want to miss God's blessings. But I think the Omer count is a stupid thing. Well, I'm sorry. It has blessing associated with it. Why? Because God said in Leviticus 23, I, would, I want you to do this. And everything he says he wants us to do is for your 
blessing. It's for your good. Who did good, who does good, and will do good is what the Birkat Hamazon says. He loves us. So there's this healthy sense of FOMO, this, this pervasive apprehension that others might be having rewarding experiences from which one is absent. Does anyone ever think that about like if you're not at synagogue? I wonder what they're doing. I wonder if they're having, what am I missing out on? I wish everybody did. I wish everybody thought that. But again, I'm, it, this, is not a, this is not like a lecture beat you up about not coming to services. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm saying that the, the obligation, and it is, it's an obligation, just like in your marriage, you have obligation. You don't do whatever you want to do and say, ah, she'll understand. Try that. Talk about missing out on some blessing. Talk about receiving some black and blue blessing. She'll understand. I'll, you know what? I'm not going to go home tonight. I'll show up in the morning. She'll understand. But I mean, obviously, I can't be completely serious about this FOMO thing as it uh, for anyone, I was being sarcastic when I started the message. I haven't figured out 3,500 years of what ails us, okay? Got that on the record, right? I'm not being totally serious about this because our relationship with God is not driven by fear. That's, that's not what moves us to honor and love God and love each other. It's not really driven by fear, but I do not want to miss out on the blessings promised to me. And I don't want you to miss out on the blessings promised to you. And it is an obligation. And it takes work. And it takes sacrifice. Ask Yeshua about what his life was like. It takes sacrifice to be a representative of God. I'm sorry if that makes you feel under the law. It takes sacrifice to be a husband or a wife. It takes sacrifice to be a real friend. It takes sacrifice to be a leader. It takes sacrifice to do the things in life that matter. This matters. And I, I myself wrestle with like Shabbat FOMO, let's call that. Okay? Every good concert that comes anywhere comes on Friday night. My kids... Every party, everything they do, Friday night. And we still have to have that discussion like, Dad, Dad, Dad! And I remember that discussion growing up. Dad, I hate being Jewish. Why do we have to do this? Because God doesn't want you to miss out. And he wouldn't have given it to you if he didn't love you and if he didn't care about you and if he didn't want to bless you immensely. And it may not right away show up in your bank account or in your garage or any of those things. And it may never show up that way. If that's how you count blessings, you're in the wrong synagogue. 
but I will lay my life down before you. Knowing that God will bless your obedience to the things that he calls you to. We don't have to fear anything when it comes to God. You know the truth. You read it this week. You're here. You're at Shabbat services. You know the Shabbat. You know the festivals. You know they're real. You know the tangible blessing that comes even in the spiritual. And I'm preaching to the choir here. But everybody who's not here, you should hear me. And everybody else in the world who may listen to this, I hope it hits you somewhere that matters. And you might have to wrestle sometimes with a bit of FOMO, but you know the promises. And you know that the promises in this world, whatever they may be, could never compare to what a life lived well for God brings you. You want to talk about missing out on something. Which leads me to adjust the terminology to where we started out this message. I like that. Maxwell Smart talking in his shoe. He was, he was very connected. Let's go to the next one. Here's what I called this. Is your FIFO greater than your FOMO? I didn't actually call it this. I found this from a leadership trainer named John Barrett. And I stumbled across it online. FOMO with God? Nah, not really. Let's replace it with something else. FIFO. One, if, if nothing else, if nothing else from today, since there were only three people in this room who knew what FOMO is, you have to say you learned something today. You now know what FOMO is and you can go out and you can converse with all the millennials and you'll be on their level. Nobody knows what FIFO is. This is special. Maybe John Barrett does. Faith in future opportunities. Faith in future opportunities. Discipline activates when you believe there is something better in the future than what you experience in the present. That's what every Shabbat is. That's what every festival is. That's what every prayer time is. A faith in the future opportunity that Hashem will provide to you because He loves you. Have I said that enough? I think I have. FIFO, faith and future opportunities. God makes promises to us. And I don't want to act as if I'm not interested in the world to come or that thing about where are you going to go when you die. Yeah, I, I know where I'm going when I die and I'm excited to get there and I'm not going to miss out on that. But everything we've talked about today is for right now, here and now, the life you have to live here. So, we make these promises and we, he makes these promises and we say what Yehoshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. His promises never fail. We have nothing to miss out on. In the Birkat Hamazon, we conclude with this blessing that said, blessed is the person who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord alone. I once was young and now I'm old. I've never seen a righteous person forsaken or children begging for bread. The Lord will give strength to his people right now. The Lord will bless his people with peace right now. It's in these things. 
Those are the words and promises that we never want to miss out on. Faith in future opportunities. Fear not. Honor his appointments. Honor his word. Live by that word with faith in Messiah Yeshua. With faith that the Ruach HaKodesh is leading you and guiding you in all understanding. And you will never miss out on anything. FIFO and Shabbat Shalom.